In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it. Congratulate them, we know they doubted. Somehow we made it up out of the pit. Back against the wall, never quit. Traversing through each obstacle. Show a non-believer what's possible. Let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams. Let's go. And that come at us to come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt. Been tossed in the trash, but I never strayed from my path. When we're gone, we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. It's going to be a crazy time, but it's going to be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. All right, all right, all right. It is February 7th, 2022, or actually 2023. My apologies there. The 365-day journey for a shot at glory, the Lombardi Trophy. It all comes down to this, guys. It ends in Scottsdale, Arizona. Chiefs versus Eagles. We'll certainly get, we're going to chat about all the Super Bowl affairs going on this week. Media Day has been ravishing down there at Radio Row. My name is Seth Woolcock. This is the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, a fresh look at fantasy football and NFL betting. I'm joined by a man fresh off a South American cruise where he certainly consumed some whiskey. Yes, certainly consumed some beers. Yes, and maybe even a little bit of tree afloat. Guys, that's my brother, Nate Polvo. Welcome back, Paul. What's up, man? Uh, I did consume lots of whiskey. And lots of beer, lots of red stripe, because it's really fi- hard to find here. Um, we're not going to talk about the other stuff. We'll just say I had a good time. And I'm glad to be back. There we go. Love to hear it, man. Good to have you back. There was definitely a void around here. I was, you know, looking for you midday, trying to see what you were up to. Um, but glad you had a good time out there. What was your favorite part of the cruise, Nate? Well, it definitely wasn't sleeping in because we had to share a room with a five-year-old. So that didn't happen. I uh, just in general, we got to hang out with family. We got to spend most of it with Jen's family, which is really cool. And it's just a good time all around, man. Well, I'm glad to have you back because tonight on the show, we're going to talk front and center. Of course, Tom Brady, he releases his news right after the show last week on Wednesday, front and center at the beach in Miami there. Derek Carr throwing missiles at the Pro Bowl and then Senior Bowl winners. We're going to talk about that all. Super Bowl player props. I'm excited about that. Jump into a little bit of betting with you, Nate, fresh off your cruise. And then some would you rather Super Bowl debates. As always, we got our guy Kyle Scott hanging in the backstage. Jim Scott, how you doing tonight, brother? Hey, guys. I'm doing great. Uh, And Nate, I love Red Stripe, so I'm pretty jealous. Not only of the cruise, but now I have another thing to be jealous of. Me too. When I saw that they had them, and they weren't just the little, like, bottles. They were 16-ounce cans. It's like, it was a pretty good deal. I'm not going to lie. I was pretty happy about it. Okay. I've never had Red Stripe, but I am curious about it. Um, it, it better than Bush Light, Nate? Much better. Okay. I don't trust you then. Don't trust <laughs> you there. We got we got the IBT family showing up in the chat as well. Toronto Dave saying, what dreams are made of, baby? Brad saying, hey, fellas. 
We got Yudo saying, I like the video. I appreciate you, Yudo. I always give Yudo a hard time. I say, hey, man, you don't have to even watch our content. Just hit the like button. You're always on your computer. Just hit the like button when we go live. I don't even care if you watch it. But, guys, I do really appreciate the IBT family. We are doing big things here at In Between Media this season. Three weekly shows rest of the way here. One being this podcast, one being the 19th hole, our DFS and betting PGA content. And then, of course, the back road with me, Elliot, and Rod on Thursday nights covering some NASCAR. And, Nate, we got a lot of cool stuff coming their way very soon. We got new music, new intros, new equipment on the way, and a new layout. I'm super excited about that, Nate. Yeah, me too, man. Like, obviously, changing the seasons, as you will. It's time for us to change it up a little bit. And I'm stoked to see this new intro. Yes, our guy Nate Miller has been working hard in the lab on a new song. Really excited to see that. Um, guys, we will be doing a giveaway here soon, too, so keep that in mind. Um, we'll be posting that. We'll, we'll talk more about that next week, but I did get our giveaway in item, and it is freaking sweet, Nate. It is freaking sweet. It's pretty awesome. I'm pretty stoked when we can actually talk about what we get to give away, so... Yes, I absolutely will keep that under wraps one more one more week. Um, but we appreciate the IBT family being here. Please subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And Nate, let's go ahead and jump into it here with front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. How about you? Come to the place to rest someone Ain't gotta worry about something Not what it means Come and give me another Cause the night is young At least I so thought It's just in Breaking news Front and center All right, so we are about six days too late on this, but I will say when you're a weekly show in the offseason and big news like Tom Brady come out, Nate, it makes it a little bit hard. Um, but we got a heartfelt goodbye, and which really felt like a very authentic video from Tom Brady Wednesday morning that he's retiring. He's hanging it up. Um, all the rumors that we thought maybe he's head, heading back to Vegas or you know maybe he's going to come back to Tampa Bay after all doesn't come to fruition. Uh, before we get into the fantasy football implications, biggest takeaways of Tom in general and uh, how he said goodbye. Well, I loved the goodbye. Like you said, it actually did feel heartfelt. We got to watch it while we were on the ship because we ended up getting limited internet access. And it felt real to me. It felt far more real than what we saw last season and whatever his announcement was and the big to-do about it. I think he just got to a point where he was like, look, Tampa Bay couldn't re-sign him. They didn't have the cash. They needed that $35 million freed up so they could actually do something this offseason. They need to go into rebuild. Brady wasn't going to help that. He stays with the team. They're going to be the same team they were, 9-8, and middle-of-the-road team, barely make the playoffs, probably not get past the first round in 2023. He could have gone to Vegas. They probably had the money to get him. But again, that team's too far away from winning. I think he looked at his options and said, you know what? I won seven Super Bowls, went to 10. I'm the first in every major passing category in playoff and NFL history for that matter. Why keep going? So he already he had a 10-year deal inked with Fox before I, the season started. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, Nate. And I, I think the thing, too, is when you look back, like Tom Brady has had three additional seasons just from his playoff runs. I mean, this guy has played in so many games 
literally my entire life of being an NFL fan, uh, you know, all the way back to the early 2000s, Tom Brady's been a part of it. So I, I do want to say, you know, thank him, you know, thank you to him. And like, he is the GOAT and there's no debating yeah. that in my mind. And he was a kid, I was a Steelers fan. So I hated Tom Brady. Uh, I can remember like every time I cried as a kid over football games, it was because the Steelers would lose in the AFC championship game to Mr. Tom Brady. And um, really that hate kind of morphed into appreciation over the years, especially when he went down to Tampa and did, did what he did. Um, so man, nothing but admiration for the goat here, Nate. Oh, absolutely. I was in the same boat as you as a Broncos fan, perennially competing with him in the AFC. It seemed like Denver could never get a leg up until we got Peyton Manning despise the guy but then i read something really interesting today it was a quote from bill belichick and it was part of a five minute like spew he went off on about tom brady i don't know if you've seen this but he basically said the reason that he's such a good coach is because tom brady saw things on the field that no one he had ever coached had ever seen before his recall was incredible his ability to recall things from two three seasons ago in a split second on the field and apply that to a situation then he could come off the field and explain it to bill he was an incredible player. Did he have the most sexy skill set? No, he didn't. But what he did by sheer will and determination, he became you can't, he's the greatest quarterback who ever played the game. Seth, and it's not even close. You can talk about Elway, you can talk about Montana, you can talk about Terry Bradshaw, which I don't think anybody's put him in that conversation. But it's not close. He won seven Super Bowls. How many other players have even been to seven Super Bowls? Yeah, it was a magical run from Tom Brady, and uh, it was great to see. That was on the Let's Go podcast, I do believe, and uh, I 100% like mm. that's one of those things we've been waiting for. I've always bagged the Let's Go podcast because it's terrible because they do an ad read every five seconds, and it's just like a press conference with Tom Brady. You don't get much out of it, um, but we, we got, got something out of there with Bill Belichick, and we also learned in that interview that Tom's really coachable and that Bill would pull him aside after meetings be like, hey, like, in, in the beginning, like, I know you're great and everything, but, like, I have to do that in front of the team. If, like, But it really wasn't as bad as I made it out to be if he missed a wide open receiver. He's like, hey, I, I need you to do that. That gives me the leverage to lead from a different position. Um, and really, I think that's, you know, part of that Patriots way. So really cool to see that. Um, you know, congrats to Tom. Excited to see what he can do. I believe he's taking the booth in 2024. So Greg should have one more year in that. He's been fantastic. But Nate, looking at the fantasy implications of this, what happens to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans? Godwin back-to-back -back wide receiver two seasons after a wide receiver two overall finish way back in 2019. Mike Evans coming off a season that was really down compared to what he's been in the last couple of seasons here, Nate. Um, however, he has been a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two in every nine of his career seasons. Like, that is insane. So what do you think happens here with, with Mr. Evans? What happens here with the rest of Tampa Bay, life after Brady? That's a really good question. Uh, given their lack of cap room, and I mean, really, if you're looking at this team, they have to rebuild. Their defense wasn't great. Their offense wasn't great. Their offensive line was beat up, battered. They need to make some moves to get more cap room, which I think means they're going to move either Godwin, Evans, or both. But you've got to unload those contracts. Leonard Fournette, I think, is going to – I don't think we see him back in a Bucks uniform. This is going to be a different team. I just saw a mock on NFL Network. Lance Zerline mocked the first round of the draft today. He hasn't taken uh, Anthony Richardson out of – Yep, it makes yeah, a lot of sense. You saw that? It does make sense. But – 
next season isn't going to be a good one in Tampa Bay. I mean, these skill guys are going to move to other places. I think that's really clear. If they hold on to someone, it's probably Mike Evans because he has a slightly friendlier contract than Chris Godwin. And I think because of age, Godwin's going to be far easier to move. I could see him end up in Chicago. I've said that a number of times that if Tom Brady left, Godwin's going to be on the move. So these are guys like in dynasty formats. I'm okay with kind of holding on to Godwin and Evans and seeing what happens this off season. But if you're nervous about it and you're loaded, probably kind of move these guys off your roster for what you can get for them. Now we got Brad in the chat saying uh, a lot of people won't like this, but wouldn't Mike Evans pair well with Stefan Diggs move Gabe Dave to the slot. Yeah. I, I don't mind that at all. I don't know if they want to completely rebuild this team, though, because there are some contracts they can't get out on the defensive side of the ball, and they still do have a really good defense. I don't think we can discount that either here, Nate. I think maybe they go after a guy like Jimmy G. I still think they probably draft a quarterback, too, but I could see it being we're getting a, a really cool look at this uh, this like next tier of quarterbacks um, behind the first-round guys, like behind the guys like Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, Bryce Young, and C.J. Stroud. We're going to talk about a couple of them later on. We talked about some of them last week as well, and we're getting a cool look at them. So I could see them maybe going for one of these third, fourth, fifth-rounders, pair them with Kyle Trask, Jimmy G, see who comes out of that. Um, any thought that they do go after a veteran here, Nate? I just don't. I don't think they can afford it, Seth. Like, plain and simple, I don't think they can afford to pay what Jimmy G's going to want in a contract because Jimmy G's a quarterback where when he steps in, you know he can get you to the playoffs and beyond. He's already proven that. There, yeah, there definitely could be then, some better offers for Jimmy out there. And I, that. I mean, maybe they sign someone like Gardner Minshew, who's going to be a cheap free agent ad. I don't know. I, I just – I can't see them making a big splash at quarterback and free agency. I just simply don't think they have the cap room to do it. All I'll say is that like sometimes like the NFL salary cap is absolutely fucked. Like, you know what I mean? Sure. There, are, <laughs> there are some times that you can really negotiate around it. If you can do cap cash over cap, um, different things like that. So I'm not too concerned about it. Um, we, we got Connor saying that they can have Kirk cousins. We'd pay him. Hey, <laughs> I, I understand that one, man. Um, so we'll see what happens here. But realistically, Nate's saying, you know, maybe we're, we should still be holding Chris Godwin and Mike Evans in dynasty formats. We'll see for redraft, but a lot of question marks definitely in Tampa Bay. Thank you again, Tom. Another retirement in the NFL, Nate, that impacts fantasy football, Mr. AJ Green. He kept it short and sweet with his uh, sign off on Twitter. And it was really cool to see because he's like, I haven't been a man of many words throughout my career. So I'll keep this short and sweet. And uh, it was, it was a cool sign off from uh, AJ green, 12 years for him. Wide receiver number 17 as a rookie had a stellar rookie season, went on to have four wide receiver one finishes. Unfortunately, since 2018, he's never finished better than the wide receiver 41 over the last five years. So, we saw the fall off with AJ Green once he got to about age 29, Nate, but it was still a very, very fun ride. And uh, he seemed like a great overall dude, a quiet dude, um, albeit. You know, it, this is one of those situations where I just wish we could have seen what could have been in his career if he hadn't gotten hurt so often. That really derailed him after 2018. We saw with the ankle and the knee injuries, <clears throat> talented receiver. And when they called upon, when they called on him these last few seasons, he came up big in some spots, but he just wasn't that fantasy relevant. Like you said, since 2018, wide receiver 41 was his highest finish. 
you hate to see it. You hate to see these kind of careers. It's like Alshon Jeffrey kind of a little bit of a reminder. Of Alshon uh, Jeffrey, no, where no. It's like, AJ Green was on a different tier though. Like AJ, sure, AJ sure, sure. Green was a dog for so long. And like, at least he lasted on NFL rosters. Like he at least says who True. he was that they kept bringing him back, you know? Well, yeah, because he was a good locker room guy. So I'm sad to see him go, but I'm not surprised. I would have been more surprised to see him keep going after this last season. Yeah, the last time we talked about A.J. Green, Nate, was week one. Uh, I called him as my sure thing sleeper. That was the emergence of Greg Dortch. So, uh, <laughs> A.J. Green, you will be missed. Uh, not in our lineups, but in our hearts, our friend. And Absolutely. Derek Carr, Nate, he balls out in pro in the Pro Bowl Skills Challenge in Las Vegas. In his practice arena, he goes out. He, uh, he turns it up, man. And he had a great quote at the end. They said, Derek, have you ever been this hot in this building? He said, uh, no, that's probably why I'm not going to be here, you know, any longer. So he <laughs> took it like a champ, Nate. Um, however, I still, I wrote about it yesterday in my column over on the website that I am not, like, I don't care where Derek Carr goes. I'm not going to drink that Kool-Aid again. He had Devontae Adams this season and still regressed quite a bit. The Raiders line wasn't great, but it wasn't like a bottom five line or anything. So I think, uh, you know, I, I'm good on Derek Carr, man. He's had one wide or QB one finish in his nine years. So I think I'm good on this one. Is there anywhere he could go that would intrigue you more um, than myself? I'd be interested to see him go to like the XFL or UFCFL and see him tear <laughs> it up there. But let's be honest. Should we be surprised that he tore up, tore it up in a skills competition? No, he's an NFL caliber quarterback, a starting NFL caliber quarterback, a guy I take over about, Oh, probably a third of the quarterbacks who are starting this league yeah, at this point. Yep. But I don't really care about it for fantasy. I don't care where he goes. Because where is it realistically where is he gonna land? I mean, you got Tampa, you got the Jets. Um you, he's not gonna end up in New a- York. Anywhere in the NFC South, anywhere in the NFC South, Saints, Carolina, like None of, could be. and I I know that the Saints got permission to meet with him, but I still don't care. I don't think I don't think he's gonna make an impact. Where he goes, he's gonna be He'll be a QB too. Like that's what he's going to be. Yeah. He'll, be a, he'll be like QB 16 to 20, somewhere in yeah. that range. That's been his whole career. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It, like, I think he would be decent for Chris Olave if he actually landed in New Orleans. So like, I would be okay with that. Cause he can hit a deep ball pretty good. Brad in the chat saying New Orleans. Yeah. I, that would actually be like, I'd be fine with that for Chris Olave. But see, um, my concern with that is Dennis Allen still the head coach somehow. Yes, so, I, yeah, I know. He 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 got by and so did Ron Rivera. We were both kind of harping on them a couple weeks ago that maybe they shouldn't be employed. Um, but they got by. We'll see what happens in the next coaching cycle here. Um, Nate, I do want to move on to talk a little bit about the Senior Bowl, though, here as well. And, uh, man, there were two stars of the week, really, and it was Senior uh, Evan Hall and Jake Hayner. Evan Hall, he's a running back out of Northwestern. Um, I saw this guy play at Penn State, and – he didn't really do that much in this game, but it was some really bad conditions there. Uh, Derek Brown and the crew over at Fantasy Pros, they put me on to him a, a month or so ago. I started looking a little more into him. The dude has a three-down skill set, Nate. He thinks he's going to run a 4-4, 40-yard dash time. How do you feel about Evan Hall um, after the Senior Bowl? Do you think he's at least a name to keep in mind here? Probably a day two, uh, maybe early day three guy at the worst. Definitely. I running backs with this kind of like skill set you don't ever count out they could go in the third or fourth round but still be an impact player at the nfl level for me and maybe i'm crazy draft capital matters a little bit less to me when it comes to fantasy when we're talking about running backs just because Reese hall didn't go into the second round 
He wasn't a first round running back. And we're going to see guys like Bijan slip until the back end of the first round. Roshan Johnson in Texas looked like a beast until he got hurt. He's going to be a guy who could go in the third or fourth round that could be an impact player. <clears throat> I have no issue with looking at him as kind of a sleeper in this draft. Yeah, I'm interested. Like he kind of reminds me of, of Ramondre Stevenson light a little bit. Um, a guy who can do it on all three levels, which I, I didn't think that was Ramondre coming in, but he's absolutely been that. So Evan Hall, just kind of a, a name to keep in mind here. The other one, if you are playing, especially in some super flex leagues, dynasty over the over the offseason as well. Um, keep in mind Jake Hayner out of Fresno State. This guy came in and all the talk after day one and two of the senior bowl was Jake Hayner is a step above all these quarterbacks at the senior bowl. That includes Malik Cunningham out of uh, Louisville that we were pretty hyped up about. Uh, we, we, pre- we previewed Max Dugan, a couple of these other guys. And Hayner was the one to kind of take home the cake. And he was so impressive. He won the MVP, Nate. And look, he is an undersized quarterback. He, he's a right around six foot. He, he's not the typical uh, size here, Nate. But he did throw 20 TDs, four picks this last season. Average over 300 passing yards throughout his career at Fresno State. So I think Hayner's a guy, if you are in some super flex leagues, you know, throw him on the back of your bench, see what happens. But um, like I could see Tampa Bay taking a shot on a guy like this, let him and Kyle Trask battle it out or something like that. Um, Any thoughts here on Hayner? Again, there's always going to be a dark horse. The kid has skill. I haven't seen a lot of his film as I was on a cruise ship for most of the senior bowl. Otherwise I would have been at the senior bowl. I don't hate it. Fresno State State turns out pretty good quarterbacks. I mean, 20 TDs, not super impressive. I feel like his his feeling in the NFL is probably a QB2 in fantasy. But in Superflex, like you said, Dynasty, it costs you. He's going to be a back-end, fourth-round Dynasty pick in your rookie drafts. Or you just pick him up off waivers before the season starts. You taxi him. You see what happens. Yeah, just like I like I, I love kind of looking at these different quarterbacks. We've had we've had a lot of them here. Uh, Holton Aylers that we talked about last week, and a couple of these these really uh, down there buried guys. Stenson Bennett a little bit as well um, with his recent incident we've talked about. So I kind of like to just make mention of these guys like Hainer. Um, we got Brad in the chat saying that he likes. Uh, Tajay Spears uh, looking really damn good. RB out Tulane. Yeah, Tulane is becoming a little bit of a powerhouse in their conference as well. I I, I like a lot of the, the guys coming out of Tulane there. So, uh, Brad, love that comment there. Nate, this was uh, pretty much everything for the news. Let's start looking at what's going to come here when the Chiefs battle. <laughs> Geez, talk about having a trigger finger on that one. How about it, Nate? A little false start there. I apologize, guys. The Chiefs battle the Eagles. That's why we got some new equipment coming uh, right around the corner for you guys. Uh, up our quality a little bit for you. Um, Nate, let's talk about Super Bowl player props, man, because this is one where there are so many interesting players when you actually can just break it down and look at two teams. Because sometimes we we forget about the Kenneth Gainwells. We forget about the Noah Grays, the McCoy Hardenins, because we're so busy looking at five or six games, even in the playoffs here. Well, we got one this week, Nate, and we can really look down the list here. Um, and these sports books, I feel like they're panicking a little bit right now. Obviously, we saw the line shift on this game. Chiefs open as early favorites. Now it's in the side of Philadelphia. 
Over on FanDuel, we can tell you that earlier today, at least 77% of the money is on the Eagles, where I would back as well. So when it when it talk, comes to that, like like these books, there's a lot of weird numbers going around. Nate and I, we kind of poured through them over the last day or two. Nate, what was your overall impressions uh, of the prop market right now? Because I think it's a lot of fun to look at. It is fun, but oddly, there's just not a lot I'm willing to put my money on at this point. I, I have a handful of things that I'll probably look at. As we get closer to the game, I'll probably do some like crazy parlay stacks, some of the DraftKings specials, but these books are making it really hard. Like they're walking these like fine lines that they don't hit during the season because, like you said, there's so many games that they have to cap. It's it's it was interesting going through it the last couple of days and <clears throat> trying to figure out what I like, didn't like, what I'm willing to put money on, what I'm not. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick us off then because like I really like Started looking through the books earlier this week, and I was really intrigued. And I, I feel like there are some decent values out there. And one that, like, my jaw almost hit hit the floor. Um, I'm going to throw out my first headline here. John's pound the pavement. Jalen Hurts plus 105 at BetMGM over 10.5 rushing attempts. And here's the deal with this one, guys. He's hit this prop in 47% of the games. To have plus money on that is pretty rare. Um, also when you consider he's hit this against teams that they, they are competitive, Vikings, Lions, Green Bay, Jacksonville. If you recall any of those games against the Eagles, most of them were pretty close when he's hitting these, even the Colts and the bears, they're not good teams, but there are games that were relatively close for a lot of it. I think that including some of those bullshit QB sneaks, they do where the, where the boys just get behind him and push him. Nate, I, I think Jalen hurts can hit this. Then you factor in the Chiefs. They've allowed the fifth most rushing yards on the third most rushing attempts to quarterbacks this season. So it's a really good matchup for him on the ground. I think things are going to get tight here, Nate. And and I like Jalen Hurts to have at least 11 rushing attempts here, um, plus money on BetMGM. They're the only book right now that I could find that was plus money on that. Everywhere else was like 120, uh, minus 120. So how do you feel about that, Nate? You know, this is it's a pretty good bet that this is going to happen. If the Eagles want to win this game, they're going to have to stay on the ground like they have all season. Don't get ballsy. Like, why get, like, super ballsy now, I, you know? No, there's no reason to. And Sirianni's smart enough to know that he, if he just doesn't get ballsy, Philly's going to win this game, plain and simple, because the Chiefs' defense is inferior to the Philly defense. And historically, the team with the better defense tends to win the Super Bowl. Uh, we saw Denver get throttled by Seattle. Denver had the best offense in the league, but Seattle's defense was stellar and stone cold just shut out the Broncos for the most part. However, Philly has something that most offenses don't have, and that's Jalen Hurts, who is emerging as an elite quarterback, and he's continuing to do it on the ground, which if you know me, you know at the beginning of the season, I didn't think he was going to be able to maintain it, but he's done it. Yes, sir. And he's done it at a high level, and he's become a more accurate passer, and they're starting to be able to utilize that more for the Super Bowl. I feel like we're looking at at least 15 rushing attempts for Hertz minimum. Okay. Well, we just need 11. I'm excited about it. I'd also be interested in parlaying the anytime touchdown form as well. He's had a rushing tee. Uh, he's had five in his last four games. Uh, he's hit it uh, three of those last four games as well. So I'm interested in that. I just be- behind this line, man. I mean, Jason Peters, Travis Kelsey, you got so many guys who can just lay the hammer down right. And when you look at the, the one weak point now of the Kansas City defense, 
we used to be able to pick on these young cornerbacks. However, some of them have really like McDuffie's really turned into a good cornerback out there opposite of Sneed. So I think you can pick on the linebackers. And I think Jalen Hurts is a mismatch for them. Get him on an option or two. um, And I think he's going to have success there. So Jalen Hurts, I'm pounding the pavement with the Philly Johns there, Nate. Uh, Where are you going here with your first prop bet? So I'm going to go to the other side of the ball. And you talk about how the linebackers can't handle Jalen Hurts. That is very true, but you know who they can handle, unfortunately. Philly D, too much for the other Kelsey, holds future Hall of Fame tight end in check. I know, dude, and I was surprised because I went into this thinking, I looked at this prop, I was like, oh, he's going to smash the over, right? It's Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl, of course. However, I think he scores a touchdown. I think he probably has four or five. He might even hit that six-catch threshold but I'm taking the under on six and a half receptions. It's plus 135 on DraftKings. Last, not last week, last game, NFC Championship, Kittle had one catch for four yards. To be fair, obviously Josh Johnson had to come into the game pretty early, and then Brock Purdy had to come in with that just absolutely fucked up elbow to finish the game. Right. But offenses look for that guy. If Kelsey was able to get open, or if Kittle, I'm sorry, Kittle was able to get open in that game, they would have fed him because that would have been the best thing to do to try and keep them in the game. They simply couldn't do it because Philly can cover tight ends. Two total tight end receptions in the divisional round against the Giants. One for Bellinger, one for a guy I can't even remember his name because we talked about him maybe for 30 seconds this season. I'm taking the under on this. And I I know it sounds crazy. You're ballsy. You're I know ball- I'm – It's dude, but – it's not that ballsy because Philly's defense has been really good against I, tight ends. Yes, I, and I know, I know he's an elite tight end. He's like I said, he's a future hall of fame tight end. I'm not discounting that. I'm not saying that he, dude, he might have four catches for 140 yards and three touchdowns in this game, but he's not getting over six catches. It's not going to happen. I can't see it happening against this defense. Yeah, it's interesting because they do have the cornerbacks in Darius Slay and Bradbury, uh, of course, C.J. Gardner-Johnson over the top as well, that they can kind of play a little more one-on-one with MBS, mm-hmm. Juju, and those guys. So they can definitely give Travis Kelsey you know, a, a little more hectic, especially like he's a guy you have to jam right off the ball. Well, they have the right. linebackers to do it. So, Nate, you make an interesting proposal. Um are you interested at all? Me personally, I've been riding it occasionally here and there. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. Um, it's hit the last two games though. Travis Kelsey first TD at plus six fifty. Does that interest you all? Because I definitely feel like it's going to be him, Miles Sanders, or Jalen Hurts. Like I really feel like it's coming down to one of those three players. And Travis Kelsey, I mean, they go to him so often, and sometimes they come out so quickly. They do stun teams. I do think Philly might get on the board first, but. Any interest in Travis Kelsey or someone else here for the first TD plus 650? Uh, I'd be more likely to take the Kelsey prop on this one than anybody else because I think you're right. Um, unless Philly gets the ball first and then it's Jalen Hurts. So it's either Hurts or Kelsey. You're just you're, you're praying that the coin flip goes your way, whichever one you want to take. But if the Chiefs get the ball first, yeah, it's going to be Kelsey. It's probably going to be like a 40-yard across the middle – Kelsey rambles down, knocks over a few people, gets in the end zone. But I don't hate it. At plus 650, put half a unit on it. Call it a day. Nate, I'm going to go to you, go back to you for your next uh, bet here. Someone else uh, from the Phillies that you think uh, could maybe hit the end zone as well? Well, first of all, they're the Eagles. 
the Phillies. Sorry, I, okay, you know, that uh, be clear here. Yes. So my headline is: I can see for miles and miles, Sanders finds end zone, helps Eagles fly. Clearly, I think the Eagles are going to win this game. So if you're going to put money down on a team to win it, let me tell you, make sure it's Philly. That's why 77% of people on FanDuel have put their money there because they're smart. It's plus 120 on FanDuel this week. It was the best odds. It was the only plus odds I could find for a Miles Sanders anytime touchdown. But it's going to happen. He had two touchdowns last week. He hasn't been hyper-involved in this offense, but he's shown that he can be effective in the red zone. And this is a week where they really need him to be effective in the red zone against not a phenomenal defense against running backs. So this one's interesting because I came into this and I was looking actually at some Kenneth Gainwell props because his rushing line across most books right now is around 19 and a half. So I said, man, Kenneth Gainwell has been tearing it up. Like that should definitely be a higher number. But then I checked it out. And like, when you think about the game script for those last two, they were very, you know, games out of out of control that they could run Kenneth Gainwell. They didn't have to worry if he fumbled it or did something stupid. I think Miles Sanders is going to be more involved in this one. He scored in the last two for uh, Philadelphia as well. So I really like this one as well, Nate. I think he could be an interesting candidate for that first-time touchdown as well. Um, yeah, I, I you know, man, we, Miles Sanders, I wrote about him yesterday too because he's quietly at 1,200 yards, Nate. He has been mm-hmm. really, really good. He hasn't been as involved in the passing games he once was. Uh, Gainwell has taken some of that role as well as Boston Scott. Which but we knew that, he would. Yes, and he's averaged, but he's averaged over five yards per carry. Obviously, like a lot of his future stock in fantasy football comes from being behind that offensive line with Jalen Hurts. But yeah, Miles Sanders has been excellent, man. I'll ride the Penn State guy one more time. Give me it. Plus 120 on Fandle. I like that. Yes. It's surprising for me, too, because I have been an anti Miles Sanders truther for years, but they got him involved this season. He looked good. He looked effective when they needed him. And look, he's not. Fantasy wise, I don't love him. I don't love him moving forward. I will. He's not someone I'll ever draft at his ADP more than I, likely. I possibly will if he's still with the Eagles. I we'll see how the Super Bowl goes. It's unlikely for me. However, this is a game where he's going to score a touchdown. Yeah, I I think it's interesting too because like he really like had over ninety plus more carries than he's ever had in a in a season coming into into this season. So super cool to see the emergence of Miles Sanders. I'm just kind of giddy about it honestly because I didn't realize until like really reflecting on the season like damn Miles Sanders is pretty good especially where most people got him in drafts around that RB three uh, three range. So Nate, I'm gonna round us out here. I'm gonna take another attempts. Uh, prop. I'm going to do Patrick Mahomes minus 120 uh, bet MGM over 38.5 passing attempts. And to me, I think this one's another easy one. Obviously, they're not giving you plus money on it. But Patrick Mahomes, his total passing attempts over his last two Super Bowls, first one against 49ers, 42. They won that one. Next one, they're down to Tampa Bay, which I am expecting them to trail Philly at some point in this game, 49. Eagles are a better offense than both of those teams were, in my opinion. So I think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring affair. Um, 43 attempts for, for him against the Bengals. He, he's going to be closer to 100% in this one than he was in that one. And I don't think they can run on the Eagles front four, if I'm going to be honest with you. Isaiah Bacheco been a great story. Joe Tooney and the boys have, have, have turned it on at times. However, I just think that front four for the Eagles is too good. 
I don't think they're going to be able to get past Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, and the boys. So uh, I, I think they're going to have to throw it here. Nate, we saw it against the Giants, San Francisco. They couldn't run too much outside of a Christian McCaffrey lit touchdown run. Um, how do you feel? Because I think if they do have a chance, it's going to be on Mahomes' back, and he's going to have to throw over 39 times. Uh, no, 100% agree with you. I would be shocked if he threw it less than 40. I would put a cap at about probably 52, 53. I think we could see that, depending on what the score of this game is. But you're right, they can't run the ball. And for that reason, I almost – Almost came to the table with Jarek McKinnon over three and a half receptions because I think he's going to see a fairly significant usage in this game. I this is it's almost free money, honestly. Oh, you said it. You, oh, you jinxed us. You I didn't it. jinx anybody. You, you and Jen with your jinx stuff. Hey, you gotta watch. You gotta. I, I learned from professional ga- sports gambler. You cannot say that word, or it is. Last time we said that did not hit, but uh, <laughs> but. No, Nate, I, I really like the, these props we threw out. Hopefully a couple of you guys out there at home, you're jumping on some as well. We got Brad here in the chat. He's saying uh, he saw one in Australian, uh, on an Australian sports book. Okay, good to see there's some sports gambling Ooh, over there in Australia one. as well. Last TD of the game, Philly defense, 36-1. to 1. I mean, if they are trailing the Chiefs at the end, this certainly makes sense, Brad. Um, for for thirty six to one, you know, I might mind sprinkling, you know, a quarter, an eighth of a unit, something like that, small on it. Um, you know, Philly defense. I mean, dude, Nate, this is like a defense that might break the all time sack record as well. I don't think people are giving that enough credit. No, the, I like this call. Obviously, Brad, very smart. Um, it's a good call. I mean, for those odds, why not? Like you said. Throw just pepper a little bit on that one just to kind of sweeten the pot here and see what happens. I would also, depending what your book has out there, Brad, consider Travis Kelsey last touchdown because I don't think if he gets the first one and if the Chiefs are trailing, who are they going to look for down the stretch? It's going to be Travis Kelsey. We've seen that before as well. So keep Travis Kelsey in mind. Um, Nate, let's go ahead and round out the show tonight with our final segment of Would You Rather? And as always, to round out the show, we're going to bring in the man behind the glass. Some call him the Wizard of Oz. Some call him Carrot Top. Some call him <laughs> Kyle Scott. I call him Jim Scott. What's up, Kyle? How you doing tonight? If anyone called me half of those names, I'd kick their ass. <laughs> Dude, you're not that far from Seth. We could do a in-between pay-per-view MMA match between Seth and Kyle. If Seth ever called me the Wizard of Oz in real life, he'd be on the ground so fast. You're the man behind the mirror, though. Like, like you're making everything work. You know what I mean? But the Wizard of Oz wasn't kind of a nice guy, but you're a nice guy. So that's probably bad. Those were bad calls. He ended up being okay. Yeah, and the only reason I said Carrot Top, too, is probably not, like, a good comp either. But um, he was on Radio Row today. He was on a couple different NFL shows that kind of made me think, think of him. So I apologize about that. Bad intro there, Kyle. That's on me. You've had better for sure. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Kyle, would you rather tonight? We're going to talk Super Bowl edition. Um, I heard you got some lit questions for us, my friend. 
Yeah, uh, friend of the show, friend of me and you, friend of also Nate, friend of all of us, friend of everyone, uh, Elliot Hicks contributed a question or two to this. So we have some uh, something special planned for today. Yeah. All right. Let's see it, man. Let's see it. Because like the Super Bowl is actually like a, it's kind of a controversial thing. Like how you take it in. Are you out at a bar or you at a party? Do you want to do it alone? Like there are a lot of questions to be answered. So let's hear them. Brad's on my side in terms of the intro. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Brad, that was a terrible intro. I've, I've given some amazing intros in my life. I've given some cruddy intros. That was a bad one. I apologize. Kyle, do you want me to kick you out and we should just do a new <laughs> intro? Just... No, I think we should just get into the intro. All right, game. all right, all right. Focus we'll... on next week for the intro. All right, yeah. Ne- next week's the, the real one that matters. You're yeah. right. All right. Let's roll here. What do you, What's the first question you got for us? Okay, so... The first one we're going to have is, would you rather watch the game by yourself on a really nice TV or with friends on a shitty TV? Nate, how do you feel? Um, When I watch football, I need complete and total focus. And here's what people don't understand about or choose not to understand about our life as analysts. This is Christmas. This is everything we have worked all season towards. We have analyzed and poured over numbers, and we get the Super Bowl. So I'm going to watch it by myself with Jen, of course. I say by myself with our really nice TV, probably in the basement, and turn off my phone and put on headphones. Oh, do you have the headphones set up to the TV? No, but I will. Now I feel like I have to do it. Yeah, that's that's lit. I I agree with you though, Nate. Honestly, like if I had a select group of friends who were also interested in football close to as much as I would, I would enjoy you know hanging out with them. Like in college, we used to get together a couple of us, but like we were all fantasy stooges as well. You know, we, we did a mm-hmm. podcast together before we did this podcast. Like, and, and that was fun, and that was cool, and I could accept that. But it was like everyone was quiet during the game. We were taking in the commercials. Like you have to enjoy the experience. Kyle, you and I have taken in a couple Super Bowls together, and I feel like you and I have enjoyed the experience, but also been like respectful of like, hey, this is the Super Bowl. Like, I'm not trying to get crazy. I'm trying to actually watch the game, you know? Yeah, it's it's kind of like um, uh, the difference between like St. Patrick's Day in America and Ireland. It's a big party. Everyone gets drunk over here in America, but it's like a religious thing. Oh, Ireland. really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, very much no. so. Yeah. Uh, uh, but there is there is a bit of a movement to get it more to be more Americanized over there, but mostly in like Dublin. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, in terms of me, I I would pick with friends. Okay. Okay. Kyle, you're a social butterfly, though. You're a social butterfly, my friend. So, n- no doubt about it. Um, well, Watching the Super Bowl by myself sounds awful. Hey, I I enjoy it. Just me, myself, Katie, our cat. I, I'm going to have a good time. Um, get, Brad saying game by himself, especially if it's his team. Yeah, if, it, if it's my team, like I don't want to be fucked with. Like the one year I had to watch it, I mean, I was probably 12, but I was at a Super Bowl party as I was a kid. I mean, this kid's parents went all out. We had a nacho bar. I mean, it, it was just spectacular. Like We were getting drunk off Mountain Dew. It was fun as hell. But – the Steelers were in the Super Bowl, and I had to watch them lose. And 
I cried that night in front of a lot of people that I wish I didn't cry in front of. But, like, I felt it. I felt that. So, Brad, I'm with you there. If it's my team in the Super Bowl, I'm not going anywhere close anyone else that is also not a fan of that team and is feeling that hurt as well. So, Kyle, next question for us, please. Yeah. So, the next question is going to be, would you rather host someone who doesn't know when to leave or host someone who doesn't know when to cheer? This is not hard for me. I want the person who knows when to leave. I don't care if you cheer at the right time because I'll cheer for myself at the right time. But when people don't know when to leave, it is the most frustrating thing in the whole world. You're tired. You just want people out of your house. And that one person who just sits on your counter and hangs out. No, I don't care if you don't know how to cheer. Yeah, same. I I don't know if like, I hope I was never the person in someone's life who didn't know when to leave. Kyle, you and I have been friends for a long time. I feel like you've never been that person. Have I ever been that person to you? No, I can think of a very specific instance where I was that person to you. Uh, and I really don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I don't remember that at all. But um, we, we got Brad in the chat saying, so Nate, does in, invite still co- uh, stand to come to your place? I know when to leave. <laughs> well, Brad, if you're here, buddy, you're here from Australia and you never have to leave. So there you go. There you go. All right. Yeah, I, I'm definitely with you guys. I don't care if you don't know how to cheer. It, it's all good. I'm, I'm not going to be cheering too much this Super Bowl unless a couple of my props hit. So uh, yeah. how, what else do we have on the dock here tonight? Yeah, so the next question is going to be, would you rather spend the Super Bowl with Chief Saholic or oh. a super fan from Delco? All right, so we got to set the stage here a little bit. Chief Saholic, you guys might know him, internet famous. He was the guy in the wolf mask who wore him to Chiefs game, also wore them to rob some banks. He would hit up some uh, some different banks on his way to some different away games. And that's how he fed his Chiefsaholic addiction. And he got caught in Texas earlier this year, I think around a Houston game. Um, so Chiefsaholic, I don't know if he's uh, out or not, but would you rather spend the Super Bowl with him or a super fan from Delco, Delaware County? And Kyle, can you explain kind of like to those not from Pennsylvania – like what Delco Philadelphia Eagles fans might be like, no stereotypes, you know, not, you know. Yeah. So like Delco Philly fans, Eagle fans, I should say, sorry. Uh, they're, they're who you're thinking of when you're thinking of the fans who are climbing the poles and, and kicking horses and throwing batteries. They're those guys. Uh, they think and, they're from Philly too, but they're not. They're outside yeah, of Philly. Yeah, they're yeah, and they uh they talk like this, you know. <laughs> so, uh, hey, yeah, uh, how many touchdowns do you think Jalen Hurst is gonna throw today? Honestly, at least eighteen. <laughs> Delco, baby. We got Brad's in the chat, at least giving his feedback. He's saying, uh, probably going Delco because if I'm watching the Super Bowl, Chiefs all the time in prison. I don't feel like going to prison right now. He's taking Delco. I'll be honest, like, if, if I had to pick between a Delco man tomorrow, you know, Sunday or Chiefs a Holic in my living room with me, I think I'm going Chiefs a Holic. I think I'm going Chiefs a Holic. He ain't gonna rob me. He ain't gonna, like, you know, I'll make sure, I'll make sure I'm packing like Kyle Bush heading down below the border here. Um, 
but I don't think I could do the Delco thing, Kyle, unless they're bringing some lit Philly cheesesteaks. That's it. But no, yeah, none of that Pats and Geno shit. I don't know what Brad's thinking here because uh, Delco guy's definitely been to prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was a misdemeanor, though. <laughs> Nate, how do you feel how do you feel about the a this question and two kyle's delco <laughs> accent because it is absolutely on point no the delco accent's fantastic kyle big props i can't do accents i've been trying for jackson lately i did a fancy uh hello governor okay jackson the other day and that's about as good as i get right um however i am not spending the super bowl with a fucking chiefs fan no way. He's the Chiefs fan. He's Chiefs-aholic, Nate. Then even more reason why I don't want to be anywhere near this asshole. I'll take the Delco fans a thousand times over because, seriously, dude, I grew up in Denver. Okay. I, he, I can't. I can't do it. Here's the thing, though. The Delco the Delco people ain't going to know when to leave, Nate. Like, well, that's fine because I'm. they're not going to be at my house. I'll just leave. I'll leave. No, the, the, I am the king of the Irish exit. And I do it all the time. So well, when we used to go places, I don't Fair care. Enough. Fair enough. I didn't say host. I didn't say you had to host these people. I, didn't I say love Rowdy. Dude, I honestly, I love Rowdy Philly people for some reason. Maybe it's because Joe Pepe is one of my good friends. Shout out, Joe. Uh, I love people from Philly and surrounding. I love Pennsylvania. I love my Pennsylvania people, man. Let's go, baby. That's us, Kyle. That's us. That is, is us. you guys. It's true. All right, Kyle. Yeah. I think we got a couple more here. Let's uh, Let's round some out. Yeah. Side note, uh, Delco guy is definitely not known when to leave. He he thought he was staying over. <laughs> and plus, the Delco guy probably gets me so wasted that I don't even know he's not. That's leaving. true. That's that's so, a good, that's a good point. He's gonna that's... need to stay over. Yeah. So, all right. Would you rather have to have your Super Bowl food be slowly delivered from a Mexican restaurant? So, like, you're calling, and they say, oh, yeah, it'll be, like, an hour. But it's the Super Bowl, so it's going to be, like, two and a half. Or, oh, and the Mexican restaurant has mixed reviews. Or oh, pick sketchy up, Mexican. Never a, good, never a good call. Or pick up average pizza, but it's an hour away. This is, like, biting the bullet either way here, Nate. How, how do you feel about it? You know some good Mexican out there. This Mexican has some mixed reviews. Or are you getting in your car on Super Bowl Sunday and driving two hours for a mediocre pizza? Bro, show me a Mexican restaurant that doesn't have mixed reviews. They're all good. <laughs> They're actually, yeah, honestly, what we have found is the ones with the worst reviews are probably better because it's a bunch of picky gringos that just don't understand Mexican food. I'll take the slow delivery from a Mexican restaurant because I ain't driving an hour to pick up pizza during the Super Bowl. You kidding me? I'll take I'll I'll take the risk of severe diarrhea the next day because, regardless, it's probably really good Mexican food. Listen In fact, we took a chance on sketchy Mexican food Sunday night when we got <laughs> home, and they screwed up our order. But you know what? I would have taken that over pizza still. Ah. Uh... You know, I don't really like Super Bowl. I don't really want to get in my car and go anywhere. I kind of want to, you know, prep for the yeah. day and, and get ready, you know. So make your own sketchy Mexican food. However, if I'm forced between these two, I've I've had some bad Mexican that's led to some bad, bad days in my life, guys. Like days where you question a lot about yourself. And I have to say that 
I would drive an hour away for mediocre pizza. I'd make it a trip. I'd go do something else while I'm also doing that. Hey, is there a Frisbee golf course in there? Hey, is there, you know, a little brewery action, a little bar I can hit up, you know, have a little time with it. That, that, that's where I would go. Kyle, um, I don't know if you've had the bad experience with Mexican food that I have. Which, which, which would you do here? So I think I think we're all discounting uh, when you're ordering here. Because uh, if you go early enough, you're not missing anything if you go get the pizza. Yes. You know? Yep. Agreed. But if you stay home and get the Mexican food delivered, you're stuck watching the pre-show. And who cares? What's wrong with the pre-show? I like a little pre-show action, but too much pre-show action gets me anxious. Honestly. Well, that's when, you, that's when you're doing shots. I actually like, I guess it's a good time to bring this up. But like, do you guys drink during the Super Bowl? Because I really don't. Like, I'm not really a drinker during the Super Bowl. I'll have, I drink slowly. You just said you're ripping yeah. shots. Well, before the game, the not during. Okay. Kyle, do you, you drinking during the Super Bowl? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, my kid's going to be awake for the majority of the Super Bowl this year, so there'll be very minimal alcohol intake. Yeah, I, I maybe maybe that's weird. Maybe I'm weird. Like, I, yeah, I just don't drink during the Super Bowl. Like, I don't drink too much on Sundays, but maybe that's just me. I think that is just you. Yeah. But, I, you know. yourself. Well, Kyle, I think that kind of relates relates to one of our last questions we have on there as well. Does it? Yes. Um, yes. You, yeah, pull it up. You, you know what I'm, I think I'm talking about, I hope. Two left. All right, pull one of them up. Okay, yep, I got it. I got it. I got it. All right, would Would you? Sorry. Would Would you rather? rather You got it. You got it here. Sorry, I was stomping on your terrain. Would you rather have the day after the Super Bowl be a holiday, or the day after the first day of the NFL draft be a holiday? Either way, you get a three-day weekend. I, I prefer the three-day weekend that starts on Friday, though. I prefer that because I like having four days, getting my stuff done, going into Friday, knowing you know I can have a good night on Thursday, getting started rather than going into the next week and being like, oh, I don't have to go to work on Monday. That feels weird to me. I kind of like to work on Mondays a little bit. So I would definitely go to the NFL draft. Like I drink on the night of the NFL draft, weirdly, and it's a Thursday rather than I do the Super Bowl. Um I like the NFL draft as much as I do the Super Bowl, honestly, guys. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the day after the draft here. Um, for me, Nate, any any feedback from you? So, wait, is this a question for all the IBT people? I didn't know I started getting paid holidays yet. That's pretty dope. Um, <laughs> I'll take the day after the draft. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's taking the day after the draft too. Kyle, what about you? I think I th- honestly, when I saw this question, I thought that's. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Uh, why, why would the day after the draft be a holiday? That shit goes late. That shit goes late. 32 picks takes longer than you think, bud. All right, I'm getting but, rowdy, too. But also, it takes place in late April, and that's going to coincide with uh, Easter quite a bit, I feel like. Mm, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. Um. Wait, so, you guys don't get wasted for Easter too? <laughs> Is that just me? Seth doesn't drink on Sundays. Yeah, no, no oh, drinking. Right. That's be a, a, Is Easter on a Sunday this year? 
it's a it's a Sunday. I think it was 420 last year, but that's a different conversation to have. Uh, all right, so Kyle, let's move to the final question and round out the show here tonight. Okay, this is actually the question that uh, everyone's friend Elliot Hicks wrote. So, would you rather win all of your bets, but your favorite team loses, or lose all your bets? but your favorite team wins. How much money do I have on the line here? However much you're betting. That's all your bets. Oh, well, I'd never put that much on. So I'm taking my favorite team to win. I sometimes get a little greedy, especially in some of these games. But to be honest, if my team was in it, I would probably bet less because I don't want to have conflicted mm-hmm. interests. Yep. So, yeah, I, I would definitely take my team, man. It hurts too bad to get to the Super Bowl and not win it. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I haven't felt that in a good 10, 10 or so years. Um, but, yeah, betting aside, I probably won't bet on it if, if the Steelers make it again. Yeah, I, I'm probably with you. I think a Super Bowl is more important than, you know, 20 bucks profit. So. Hey, unless you hit that thirty-six to one, or Brad's talking about, if I can, if I can hit that, and I can throw, you know, a little, little, uh, little Mister Benjamin on that, hit that. Hey, my kids got college for a while, so uh, I might take that. I'll be all right with that. That's thirty-six hundred. Thirty-six to one, right? Yeah, thirty-six to one. Throw a Benjamin. Yeah. What's a Benjamin? Fifty. A hundred. Yeah, dude, that's good money. You're making good money. I'm, I'm glad to know my. Show co-host knows his currency faces. Yeah, Seth, I thought it was a hundred, but I had to make sure. What president was on is on the dime? Lincoln. No. It's a Damn. penny. Uh, Kennedy. Isn't it? Kennedy's on the quarter. Kennedy's I don't know, not Kyle. On the quarter. Kennedy's not on the quarter. Kennedy's not on the quarter. Can you tell me, Kyle? Jefferson? It's FDR. Yeah. Oh, yep. Well, this guys. A bunch of dimes. Luckily, we are not a coin podcast. We are a fantasy thank, football podcast. And it's been a lot of fun covering the Super Bowl, talking a little bit of would you rather, some bets, talking about some of this latest NFL news. We appreciate the IBT family rolling with us today. Appreciate you guys rolling with us all season long. We got some really, really cool stuff for you guys. We talked about it at the top of the show coming up, coming your way. We want you guys to be a part of this. Like I would love for this giveaway that we have in a couple weeks that – it's one of the IBT family members in here with us each and every week. I would love that, you know, you guys appreciate what we're going to, we're going to level it up here, Nate. I think that's, that's the next thing here. We're going to level it up. So appreciate all you guys. Appreciate you and Kyle as well, Nate. Um, take care. Good luck to the Eagles here and the Delco guys out there. And uh, Kyle, thank you, thank you as always for being the Wizard of Oz here on the podcast. Why are you on a... <laughs> Take care, everyone. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. 